Cyber attacks continue to threaten healthcare systems around the world, putting patients at risk and further eroding trust in healthcare providers. Can businesses and consumers do anything to reduce this risk, or will it be a case where you roll the dice every time you visit your doctor or go to the hospital for a procedure? Next up on Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Joining me on the show today is Wes Wright. He is the chief healthcare officer for Order.net. And he's also a veteran uh, chief technology officer and CIO at a bunch of different healthcare organizations. Welcome to the show, Wes. Keith, a pleasure being here. Yeah, I was looking through some of the resumes. You know, you you were a CIO at a children's hospital in Seattle, and it, you've yeah. got a, a, an impressive resume in the, in the technology space, but also in healthcare. So I'm, I'm yeah. happy to have you on the show here today. Um, let's jump right into it. Uh, data that was published in September showed that ransomware groups are continuing to step up their attacks. Uh, they've had at least 514 attacks happening in September, a 32% increase month over month. In the healthcare space, September saw 86% increase month over month with at least 18 attacks compared to August. So, you know, as, a, as an overall broad question, why is healthcare such an attractive target for ransomware groups, for people that might not have been uh, up on the latest news? Yeah, I hate to be pithy about it, but it's low hanging fruit, Okay, frankly. Um, it's, there, there are so many connections, so many health, the health system, the health system, not just the health system patient uh, part of it, but the technology side of it is just so interconnected with so many uh, different organizations that uh, if you find a, if you find a third party, you can, you can get in pretty decent uh, with healthcare one, two bad guys are bad guys. Mm -hmm. uh, it used to be that you mentioned my Seattle children's days, you know, to, yeah. the, to this day, uh, Seattle children. And I spent 20 years in the air force doing this too, but to this day, Seattle children's that's, that's kind of the nearest, dearest, uh, position I've held. And, and those, those type of places, um, you, you just don't have, uh, the, the tech, the technological wherewithal to, to make sure every door is locked and every window is closed all the time. Okay. And, and it, and it used to be that they wouldn't, the bad guys weren't as bad as they are now. And they wouldn't attack healthcare. Uh, I remember when I was at Seattle Children's, uh, one of my, uh, one of my peers, their hospital was getting attacked, uh, by somebody. I can't even remember who it was, yeah. but anonymous, the hacker group came out and said, Hey, it's a children's hospital. Stop attacking them. Right. Which was, you know, those were bad guys, but they're the cool bad guys kind of thing. Right. Cool guy, Anymore. cool bad guys telling the really bad guys to, to cut it out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but now it's a business. You know, my uh, buddy of mine that I've, I've come up with in, in healthcare, a guy named Drex DeFord, uh, he he's a, uh, works at CrowdStrike now, and, and he'll tell you, this ransomware stuff, it's a business. They have CEOs, they have CFOs, they have, you know, they have boards. Yeah. I don't know if they have boards, <laughs> uh, but they've got, <laughs> they got revenue targets and, and that kind of stuff, just like a regular business. And, and if you found that, uh, you can go sell to these guys and they buy it really easily, you're going to keep selling to those guys. 
And that's what's happening with healthcare is not just from a technological perspective, but from a people social engineering perspective, it's it's not as hard to get into healthcare as some other places. You could, these are clinicians. They're not they're not IT people. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that. I think when we talked before the show, we were talking about, you know, a lot of the equipment that is connected and yeah. the nature of a healthcare organization, a hospital. You need critical systems to be up constantly or yeah. all the time. And, and that is one of the reasons I think why. It, it it lends a sense of urgency to the organization when they get hit to start negotiating uh, on that front. I, and I guess that that leads me into my next question. You know, mm-hmm. do we see that healthcare organizations are more likely to resort to paying these ransoms than other companies that we've might might have seen? You know, that if if I was a uh, a bank or if I was a, a different organization in a different industry and I was attacked, I, you know, you might have the it's less critical some of these systems that can go down for a while. Is that, is that why you're seeing a lot of the hospitals pay the ransoms? Uh, you know, like healthcare, these, these, do we pay a ransom or do we not pay it? Well, actually FBI said not to, I, yeah, I yeah. think at one point. Yeah. Um, but that much like all healthcare, that's a local decision. Really. It's, it's hard to paint the whole industry with, with uh, do they pay, do they not pay brush? But it's a tough decision to make, uh, as you said. The and we've seen many many instances over the last year where they've, they've absolutely taken down that they have impacted the ability for a health system to provide patient care. Mm-hmm. And so you have to weigh that with uh, just the the visceral. I don't want to uh, pay. It's not the right thing to do kind of feeling that you have to overcome and, and oftentimes that that because of the nature of the folks that work in healthcare that decision does say okay well our first priority is patient care let's swallow our pride and go ahead and pay these pay these folks out what that starts though is this vicious cycle right of, right hey I, I, these guys paid me out one time. I'll leave them alone for a year, and then I'll come back to them again next year. <laughs> it's kind of like ARR uh, for these companies back to yeah the annual recurring revenue. <laughs> like, it is a business. Well, you know? so yeah, you know, I did an episode where we were talking with a guy uh, about the MGM Resorts uh, attack, the big casino chain and, and entertainment chain, and there was a feeling that well, maybe these guys are finally going after people that maybe I wouldn't feel as bad as a regular consumer because it's like well you know, the house always wins, right? Like that was that whole, you know, they've got so much money, they don't know what to do with it. And then, you know, there, there's, there's a feeling that sometimes the house is not a great, you know, is they're not great people or great organizations. So I didn't feel as bad for that attack where I would with a hospital. So we were thinking that maybe the, the hackers were like, Oh, well, we're, we're going to go after the, the not as, as good people, but, but you, in what you're seeing in the space is that doesn't matter. It's like, you know, the low hanging fruit, as you said in the beginning of the show. Um, well, and it's, it's where the money's at, you know, you go, they go, they're going to go where there's money. Yeah. Uh, And we all, (laughs) we, we've all contributed to those casinos at some point. Well, not all of us, but you know, some of us has contributed to those casinos and, and they know they got money. And I find it, 
was it MGM that didn't pay and Caesars did pay? Yeah, Caesars did. Yeah, Caesars yeah. did pay and and uh, MGM did not, and MGM suffered the results yeah, of that not so, paying. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's something you got to think about. I yeah. mean, I, I'm I'm sitting at Caesars going, yeah, I didn't like to pay, but. You know, I also didn't lose three days worth of uh, casino revenue right. while I and, was, and it was like a hundred million. It was a hundred million dollars in lost revenue or or some, you know resupport costs. Um, yeah. And and again, healthcare organizations they have to think about the same thing. Like you know how it, I think you said there was a there was a company. Is it was it in West Virginia and that they're still recovering from this and just the the dollar amounts to try to get their systems back up and. Um, just you know secure it is 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 astronomical it feels like yeah but that you know that that doesn't that doesn't come into the thought process and not and not-for-profit healthcare that doesn't that that revenue piece doesn't really come into the conversation or the thought process as mm-hmm. much as you would think almost almost zero really okay uh the, the real thought process in in those health systems is it's a do I do I swallow my pride, integrity, and now <laughs> violate the law, um, and, and pay these people off so that I can continue to provide care to the patients? Right. That's the decision that these not for profits are are all the health systems for profit or not for profit. That's the decision point that they're making the the revenue and the loss of revenue and the recovery time. That's that's I don't even think they think about the revenue the mm-hmm. recovery time they do a little bit but okay. it's it's really a patient care decision in healthcare. right so so when i was thinking about you know this issue and and when we did our our pre-call where we were talking about this issue i i kept going from the side of the consumer you know why should i care about ransomware and healthcare organizations i was like you know I, I do care about attacks that that steal my identity or or that might get my social security number or might get my credit card numbers, um, mm-hmm. you know. I, but but you know, if a hospital gets attacked, um, if I'm not in the hospital, I guess. Like mm-hmm. like, how do you how do you get more consumers to understand the threat and why it's important to them? You know, in the overall scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 two pronged important, Keith. Okay. Uh, one one is that patient care aspect. I mean, uh, well documented uh, scripts down in San Diego was down for a month from uh, from an electronic uh, uh, digital health perspective. Now they still saw patients, but they didn't see the patients at the efficiency they could have. Uh, the patients that were in the hospital, as you said, um, there's the uh, med- medication, the MAR medication something report. Eh. That that is, uh, you know, that they check daily to make sure that hey, have I given them all the medication? And that's all. That's all on the computer. Mm-hmm. So what happens when 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 you get a ransomware and the whole system goes down? If you don't have a good backup process in place, one, you can't get to that data. Yeah. If you have a decent backup process in place. What happens is you usually have a, a standalone computer on the ward that's not connected to anything except for the EHR. They get daily dumps of these reports. Again, daily dumps of these reports. Yeah. So, so if if you're doing a a med reconciliation or something, you're you're working off a piece of paper, maybe 
that is perhaps a day old. And that that is really the that that's really where a consumer needs to be concerned is okay. this really affects your health care, yeah. the care of you as a patient. Are are the hackers are the when 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 a hacker goes in and or, or organization or whatever you want to call it, I'm just gonna use hacker as the, the generic term, yeah. when they attack a system, are they interested in getting patient data or are they interested in getting control of the network? Are they looking to just connect to a device that then they can threaten to shut it down. So I suppose like if you you had a bunch of equipment, life support systems, for example, in the ICU, are they interested in that part of, of the equation or are they just looking to grab data and then hold the data, you know, hostage as part of this ransomware thing? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the we've got the hackers and then the ransomware folks, the ransomware folks exactly what it what it's out they just want to grab the data okay bring you to your knees so that not grab the data they just want to lock up your system to where you can't operate okay bring you to your knees force you to pay their uh their uh bitcoin fee so it's almost like it like like people that would like go to a, a physical building and slap a bunch of padlocks on it and said we'll give you the exactly. key if you give me the you money can't get it. yeah we'll give you the key we'll give you the keys if you if you give us some money okay, okay. Here, here's the yeah exactly like that okay the hackers on the other hand um i, I kind of separate them that that way in my sure. mind you got the ransomware folks pretty clean it's a it's a business process boom, okay boom, boom, kind of thing the hackers you know there's there's uh, uh uh criminal gangs that hack there's nation state hackers those are the ones that concern me especially let's go back to seattle children's uh as the name would imply, most of our patients are pediatric being under 18. Mm -hmm. Vast majority of them are, you know, from one to 15 or 16. If a hacker came in and all their data, I, we've got their social security number. We've got everything on them in the in these EHR systems. We've got all the data that a credit card company would have. OK, so. So they come in and steal all this data of a two or three year old uh, out of a children's hospital system. And they've got probably a 10 year runway that they can use a 10 or 15 year runway that they can use that data with nobody really caring or knowing about it. Cause these are kids, right? They don't, they don't, uh, they're not going to apply for a loan anytime soon and find out that somebody has been using their identity. So that 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 was a super huge concern for me and should be a concern for the consumers from a hacker perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, so, so that we don't get a get uh, uh, too much chicken little uh, around this. <laughs> when, when, when you hear hey, my health system uh, got hacked, that, that should kind of make the hairs of the, on the back of your neck stand up a little bit because that's that's where they might steal your data and manipulate and so so on and so forth my health system got a ransomware attack uh, okay well keep the hairs on the back of your neck down okay that is a business that is a business thing they're not stealing by and large right they're not stealing they're not stealing data they're just locking the padlocks on the doors and once they get the padlocks off then they'll go back so i don't really as much as i hear if I hear hacker, I worry about my data. If I hear ransomware, I worry about my access okay. to 
healthcare. But some of those groups are uh, some of those groups are connected. They do they do both, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because so when I was doing research on on this on this uh, discussion and the topic as well, I did find another reason why I might be concerned as a, as a patient uh, because there were a couple of stories where some plastic surgeons in California, Beverly Hills area, uh, suffered some ransomware attacks and. What the hackers did was they grabbed data that included images of patients Mm -hmm. and they were, uh, you know, nude images or naked images because they were doing prep work for whatever plastic surgery. And I think one of the doctors refused to, to pay the ransom. So the hackers started leaking some of these photos. And that would be concern if, you know, if I, if I was going in for that procedure or I didn't realize that there, that, that, imagery and potential video is available for doctors for the healthcare purposes. And those things are the ones that get, that's part of the data that gets stolen. So, you know, I I think people might forget about that aspect of, of what data is, is being stored. Um, I don't understand why the doctor didn't pay on that one, because if, if I had a bunch of photos, whether they were famous or not, I mean, it's still very embarrassing for, for patients. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's, it's just this 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 inbred thing inbred <laughs> this internal yeah my, this use internal, a different word there <laughs> yeah I'm choosing a different word yeah this internal you know just to think about it kind of roils your gut a little bit man you're it's like blackmail it yeah. is blackmail I mean that's what ransomware is is blackmail and we just as Americans we have this 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 or we, we just know that that's not right. So we have to, and I bet that's why that doc, damn it, I'm not going to do that. That's not right. And, right. And so forth. Yeah. Sometimes you got to swallow that pride. And, and, and frankly, you know, those photos probably shouldn't, you know, those, those were probably on a PC. I, I don't know anything about the situation. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. guessing here. But those were probably on some doctor's PC that was on a network that just was not protected. You know, didn't have really any any security controls in place. Right. You know, a plastic surgeon's office. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so that, that's 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 yeah. where we are. In that. Have you have you seen any direct evidence or uh, news reports of, you know, where? systems that suffered a ransomware attack or a hacking attack led to any patients being injured, harmed, or killed. I think there's a, there's this assumption, there's this FOMO, uh, uh, what word am I thinking? Not FOMO, but um, uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt of, of you know, the system could, like these hackers could take down a system, shut the lights off, shut, shut the, uh, the, the life support systems off. But we haven't necessarily seen that, except for, you know, there was one or two cases where, um, you know, that... It, Healthcare could have been affected in some yeah. way. Talk we, about that I a little mean, bit. I think it was last year, two years ago. Time flies. We had like our first death uh, related to a ransomware uh, attack. Okay, they've attributed to a ransomware attack, and that was on a diversion. Um, so you know, an ambulance was going somewhere. We're shut down. We can't help you. They diverted it, and as they were diverting um the the patient died from my understanding right so that um it gets even more nefarious than that though keith is uh i remember five years ago somebody hacked into some radiology images and actually put in 
using uh, generative AI, put in tumors. No. And took out tumors. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Really? It is. It is. It was a proof. It was a proof of concept. If I remember right, it was a proof that I could do it. And you have okay. to pay attention to this. I don't think it was a, a nefarious thing. I think it was just somebody going, uh, trying to go in there and going, look, this is what can be done. So you have to protect this stuff. Oh, wow. Kind of like when, yeah. when people find vulnerabilities and bugs, then they inform the company that, you know, we've spotted this before the hackers did. You better make sure you fix it type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was one, it was one of those kind of things just to give, we, uh, we're, we're humans. So we kind of can get lackadaisical about security, not mm -hmm. just network security. I mean, how often have you left a car unlocked or your, your window open at your house or something like that? Um, and we just get lazy, not lazy, just, it's not in the forefront of our mind. Mm -hmm. And this, this, this pseudo attack was to really show Look, this is this could really, really, really impact patient care. So you got to you got to watch out for this stuff. And I think that's what that exercise was all about. Yeah. And there's another aspect that, that we talked about before the show as well that, that I didn't realize. That I think that our audience would be fascinated by this is that, um, you know, the staff that are, is now at a lot of the hospitals and, and healthcare systems, um, you, you tend to think that that healthcare system, you know, the hospitals and your doctors, they're they're generally younger than probably at least what I am now, and um, so they're younger and they've and they've grown up with technology. Uh, what's interesting is that if they do suffer an, at an attack with all this technology a lot of these healthcare systems are unprepared about what to do next. Right. Like, have you seen this in, in you know, actually in action? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and not, not from a hacker perspective either. I mean, we, things have gotten better, but back in the day, there would be periodic EHR outages. Just, you know, I had a, I had a microservice and a, and a, and a, and a server that just took down the whole, the whole, uh, epic instance uh, for uh, the place I was at. Mm -hmm. and, and that's when you find out, oh, yeah. these yeah. doctors, <laughs> these doctors don't even know how to write a prescription on a prescription pad, one. Yeah. But two, nobody can find a prescription pad. Because we haven't used one in for so long. That's a great point. Yeah. Everybody's looking in drawers and stuff like, where's our prescription? Pad? How do we do? So we health systems practice this, though, <clears throat> um, because um, because systems go down. Yeah. Health systems practice it. Uh, ironically, if there were to be a, an outage or a, uh, a ransomware attack or something, you want it to happen if you're in the hospital, you want it to happen on the night shift because it's always the night shift where we do our downtime exercises. <laughs> so all those, all those nurses and providers on the night shift, they've gone through a couple oh, of I exercises see, I see. Okay. Yeah. and they've got their processes down cold okay. on what they do when the record's down. We never take it down for an exercise during the day shift because uh -huh. you've got all your ambulatory patients and all the you've got way more activity so you don't want to take it down then 
But unfortunately, then those people on the day shift aren't really getting the same kind of training that the people on the night shift are. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good that's a great great point. Um, the next time I go for my uh, my physical checkup, I'm going to ask my doctor if if a if she knows how to write a paper prescription, uh, right. but then b if they if they have any pads, if they you know right. how do they write them if they have to, um, and that even leads me to the question of like prescriptions are all electronically connected now when you know, yep. for, for any of my prescriptions, um, or if I have, if I have new medicine, like they just type it in the computer and then, and then it goes right to my pharmacy. And then I get an alert from the pharmacy when it's ready. Um, I can't even imagine the last time I had a paper prescription that I needed to hand in. Um, it yeah. was probably 15, 15 years ago or, or so. Right. Like, well, and not only that, there's a legislation that, that's come out called the electronic prescription of controlled substances due to the opioid crisis and all that uh-huh. uh, stuff you can't even write a prescription for a controlled substance anymore oh wow yeah okay you can't do it so uh, it's all it's all got to be electronic so if my health system's down i just had knee surgery my health system's down they can't write me a script for uh, Vicodin or something and me take it to the pharmacy because the pharmacy can't accept it. Right. Because it's an elect, you know, it's, it's part of the EPCS program. So it's, it's, we're, we're digitally dependent, Keith, very digitally <laughs> dependent. Well, okay. So that leads me to the next question where we were talking about this issue of connect connectivity and one of the other features that we talk about on this show and, and, and in computer world and other other sites is the fact that a lot of healthcare systems are, are behind in connecting all of these devices uh, a lot of a lot of systems are still not connected either I think a lot of the EHR stuff is a lot better but there yeah. are there are devices in other parts of, of the of the network that are not connected could that be an unintended benefit? from from you know if if you're not all connected at least then those those systems won't be affected by an attack um but yeah. i guess it's all depending on where they're going for the 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 data um the the <laughs> the ugly truth and, and again i haven't been in the field in about five years uh-huh. so this is uh i've talked to peers and stuff but most health systems behind the firewall run a pretty flat network and and by that i mean there's there's not a whole lot of division between like ultimately what you want to be able what you want to do is segment off different type of devices and that's create a create a bubble around those devices uh say like insulin pumps you've got insulin pumps throughout your um health system on every floor and that kind of thing yeah but those those insulin pumps should only talk to the server okay. to get their information to. So what you should be doing is taking all those uh, insulin pumps and putting them in their own logical bubble to where the only thing that they can talk to is that insulin pump server. Right. And the only thing that can talk to them is that insulin pump server. That's, uh, that's, that's the, uh, optimal outcome unfortunately a lot of the networks uh behind a firewall in healthcare and this goes back to the low-hanging fruit comment uh, are flat mm-hmm. um, in, in that they don't have uh, the pcs on the fourth floor are segmented off uh and they can only talk to certain things and the ones on the fifth floor 
so that when a piece of malware gets in, it just can run like wildfire throughout the organization because you don't have those stops and those segmentation in place. Yeah. And, and that's predominantly where we at are at in healthcare. So even if the system isn't officially connected to the EHR, if it's a piece of clinical equipment, uh, like an MRI or something like that, yeah. it'll have some kind of, it'll probably be on the same network as the EHR. Yeah. And I would, and I would, I, I bet I'd have more than 50, uh, 50, 50 chance that that is connected to the same network, not segmented as those PCs, as the EHR. So you can see how dis the disconnectedness, yeah, it could be if they weren't all on the same network. Right. Uh, if if the radiology ha had their own network segmentation segment, and actually that's a, that's a bad one to use because usually you do because radiology just uses up so much bandwidth, you want to keep them on a different uh, segment. Yeah. Um, but, but a cardiovascular system, you know, that it's usually just a server or something like that. I bet it's on the same flat network as your PCs. So it, it sounds like this, you know, healthcare systems would then be a perfect uh, use case for zero security network architecture, uh, you know, approach. Are you seeing that in the space or is it, are they just not there yet? for whatever reason uh we're we're starting to see that take up mm -hmm. um it, it you know it's the it's the micro segment we call it micro segmentation and micro segmentation and that's actually what order does but yeah. um we're seeing that take off for for the longest time uh folks have tried to stand up what's called uh ice identity services engine um it's a cisco product mm -hmm. it is so hard to do yeah because uh, you have to i mean every port you plug this you know this system okay what does this piece of equipment have to talk to and you have to go through the whole you know you, <laughs> you look at you look at uh uh art cash you look at your networks okay what has this been talking to yeah so it's been really hard to do um so i don't blame folks for that but uh, recent tools uh will help you do that and we're starting to see people adopt go you know, okay now i can do this without having to hire somebody you know hire uh, a var to come in and, and deploy 40 people into my organization to get this done yeah i can actually do it myself yeah so technology is helping us get there the problem is it's all about resource though right now okay I mean, these 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 poor health it folks uh they you know the old and you're probably not even old enough for this keith but the old johnny carson spin the plates and keep the keep, uh, keep all these plates on the stick yep. going yeah that's that's what the health it folks are doing right now so you come to them and you go by the way i know you're doing your doing everything you can to keep these older systems and there are some old legacy systems in healthcare you're doing all you can to keep those up and running while you're doing that can you implement this tool and go ahead and do micro segmentation as well? Yes. Can, I mean, you, can, just, can you just install a, a brand new architecture that will secure everything? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're these these guys are heroes and gals are heroes, and they just keep their reward for doing well is more work, man. Oh that's, boy. That's what yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, so I mean, that leads me into another question where you know you talked about insulin pumps and and, and things like that. 
Um, I would imagine that the purchasing of this, of these equipments or the, or the makers and the manufacturers of these things on the list of priorities for the features, security is probably, even if it's on the list, right, would be low on the list if it's, if it's even there to begin with. And then the people that are interested in buying it are probably not thinking about the network security. They just want to know, hey, is this insulin pump going to work? And what features mm-hmm. can I have that to, you know, to keep my patients alive? Because uh, they're not thinking about this, or are they? Or do you feel like the manufacturers are getting better about securing a lot of these external devices? Yeah, two three years ago, Keith, I would have been fully on board with what you just said on both sides of that equation. Uh-huh. Um, but they have they have done. The government has stepped in. The biomedical equipment manufacturers have have uh, taken up the yoke. Um, you know, they've got a uh, software bill of materials that come with the medical device. So you can see what, what the software stack looks like. Yeah. Um, they've gotten mandates to keep up with vulnerability patching and so on and so forth. So compared to three years ago, we've, we've huge steps. I just okay. read, uh, today there's two new standards out one with, uh, Amy and, and I forget who the other one is. That says this is how you should run your your biomedical equipment vulnerability program and so on and so forth. So we are we're we're making progress. Now on the other side of that equation, if we're buying insulin pumps, uh, nobody cares about the security. Uh, yeah. yeah, not nobody. Okay, none of the clinicians we do. Yes, because luckily, 10, 15 years ago, IS information services got themselves mostly inserted into that supply chain. Uh, so whenever they buy something that connects to the network, they'll bring IS in. Right. OK. We. By and large, what happens is, OK, clinician, you select the one that's going to help you care for the patient the best. OK. Price and everything else notwithstanding. You select the one that's going to help you care for the patient best. Then supply chain will take it from a price perspective and go, oh, man, these guys are 80 percent more than these guys. Are you, you know, is this and they'll go back to the clinicians and say, is this really worth it? And they'll go, oh, yeah, it is. Or no, we can go with the second one if we're going to save 80 million dollars or something like that. Okay. And then secondarily to that, we take a look at that SBOM, that software bill of materials and, and see okay, is there any security vulnerabilities here? Any known vulnerabilities? Uh, can we patch this? How are we going to maintain this from a security perspective? Okay. And there, by and large, we, we will make it work uh-huh. because we, we IS is also there to support patient care, not get in the way of patient care. But at the same time, protect that, you know, right. right. I always say, you know, cybersecurity is patient safety. So that's part of our part of the the deal, too. But we generally will make something work, even if it this is the best do wiki that 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 treats this disease in the whole world. And it could be full of holes and all <laughs> kinds of vulnerabilities. And, and we will make it work. We'll yeah. micro segment that sucker yeah. and yeah. put all kinds of monitoring and because we don't want to get in, in the way of patient care. Right. Okay. So you, you, you answered most of my next question. 
Uh, and, and again, when, when I did my introduction, I, I said, you know, are we going to have to roll the dice every time we visit the doctor um, because of all of these different attacks? So I, I want to ask you if, you know, what steps are the healthcare systems taking to lessen their risk? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, what obstacles are they still facing? I think you did answer the first part of the question where you said, you know, regulations and, and people are being more aware of it and they're, they are taking the steps to get this thing happen. But what are some of the hurdles that remain? And do you remain optimistic about the future or are we just headed down that you have to roll the dice? Uh, I, I think we can keep the dice in our pocket. Okay, good. So that, that's good. Uh, optimistic, yeah, because I, I know a bunch of folks in the field still, and they're good people wanting to do the right thing. Yeah. Almost needing to do the right thing, not just wanting to, but need. you can see the anguish. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't want to go to the Capitol committee and have to, and have to compete against a CT or MR, MRI system because I want to put this security system in. I mean, but, but they will, uh, because they know that the need is there. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm optimistic because it seems from all I can tell that everybody's heart and focus is in the right place. Okay. But then you get to resource. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and again, it's, it, it's every industry is facing this. It, it's not just healthcare. It's every, every big yeah. computer system network, et cetera, et cetera. You know, industry uh, is facing the same thing. I was going to say, would it help if I just went the next time I went to my doctor's office or hospital, if I just gave a hug to the, to the IT person? <laughs> yeah, because like you know, how can we get you know? You mentioned the whole plate spinning thing, um, uh-huh. and or you know, in that analogy, like, is there anything that we can do to to help ease that that pressure that they're under? As a consumer, <laughs> not really. Okay, <laughs> just give um, them a high five or a hug or bring him bring a, exactly. a, a donut in for them. Yeah, you know, if if you can if you can find them, you know, <laughs> right. The good ones are usually, you know, in some dark room that, uh, you know, I, I slide a pizza under the door every now and then and <laughs> they just go at it. Um, uh, but it, the, it's like you said, it, every industry is suffering under this. Yeah. Um, but healthcare, it's a designated critical industry by the U.S. government. Yeah. And, and, and excuse me why I break out my soapbox here, but. <laughs> Uh, in 2010 or around then, we had the High Tech Act that gave us a bunch of money to uh, take paper records to digital. So a lot of people don't realize it, but in about 2006, seven, somewhere around there, only about 10% of uh, health providers had digital records. Right, right. And, and in order to get the interoperability and, and the position where we can share records and we realized, hey, everybody's got to be digitized. It can't be islands out there. And so the government gave us a bunch of money <clears throat> through the High Tech Act um, to install uh, digital health records, mm-hmm. EHRs. Um, and, and we did. And now we're 95% plus digitized uh, in healthcare. Problem is, as we were building this great big giant attack surface called the digital <laughs> health record, right? Um, the small 
community hospitals, you know, less than 250, those hospitals, they got the money, they put the EHR in, but they didn't have any money to put the security tools around right. the implementation of that EHR to keep it. They, of course, they're not going to let it just sit out there. I mean, they, they are doing and have done the best they could with mm -hmm. the resources they had. Mm -hmm. The bigger systems uh, like Seattle Children's Sutter, that kind of thing. Yeah, we, you know, we had some extra margin to right, where, right. hey, we're putting this EHR up. We've got to put the security stuff around it. And so we, we were able, but again, we were pulling money out of patient care in order to stand up the cyber, mm. uh, the cyber right. security um, tools. So you've, you've got that as a backdrop. And my thought is, look, and we talked about this earlier in the call, most big integrated delivery network like Sutter, where I was at, you know, 24, 26 hospitals. Yeah. They have connections to all kinds of little providers. Off. Hell, they may have had a connection. They have some uh, places down in uh, Southern California. They may have had some kind of uh, connection to that plastic surgeon's office mm -hmm. uh, down there in Beverly's Hill. Who knows? Yeah. But it's that kind of thing that, Plastic surgeons got a, a, a connection to the the EH somebody's EHR. They're infected. Well, they'll just ride that that traffic uh, over to the to the um, to the big integrated delivery network and get in that way. Yep. So we're we're only as as safe as our unsafest link. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. I want to I want to end I want to end the show on a positive note. So, okay. you know, give me, give me one, one bit of optimism so that, that I can leave and not, and not, you know, <laughs> be depressed for a day. I wouldn't be able to get a prescription for it anyway with, with, um, the, the paper pass. The system was down. Yeah. If the system was down and it was Xanax. You couldn't get, you couldn't get your Xanax. All right. Day. So, so leave me with it, with a positive up note. Uh, Congress <laughs> is starting to notice. Okay. Uh, and. Seriously, Senator Warner uh, last year proposed some stuff. Uh, what I think we should have is a cybersecurity meaningful use program. So the same kind of program that we had for getting the digital health record to 95% of the yep. people. Yep. Uh, we should have the same thing for cybersecurity for, uh, for healthcare systems that have to meet this certain level and will fund your, your cybersecurity stuff. Yep. With two percent margins, three percent, sometimes negative margins in healthcare, that's the only way we're going to get everybody's, sure. you know, the rising tide floating all the boats. All right. And the government's starting to. I think the government is starting to realize that some of the legislation I've seen come through uh, over the last year, year and a half, they're they're starting to grok to the okay. We may need to lend some. We may need to lend a hand here, be it finance or resources. Right. Usually, it's finance, government. Um, I, I think they're seeing that the unfunded mandates just don't work, mm, Keith. Right, um, but they are seeing that, yeah. and that gives me optimism that the government designation of healthcare is critical infrastructure. Now, what are you going to do about yep. it? Give us, give us some money to where we can raise that tide to float all the boats and what so, they need. Yeah. And, what, and we're getting there. Yeah. And what they should do is then throw an AI label on it so that, you know, it passes with ease exactly. because everyone, everyone is, is talking about AI and it's probably an easier way to get it through. That's right. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. All right. Wes, uh, again, thanks for talking about uh, this, this topic. I know it's a it's a tough topic to talk about, but I think it, it should be uh, raising awareness for uh, our audience out there as well. Um, thanks for the update on, on all this stuff. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Good time, Keith. All right. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any thoughts that you have below in our comment section. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.